Today's episode is brought to you by Stream by AlphaSense, an expert interview transcript library that integrates AI-generated call summaries and NLP search technology so their clients can quickly pinpoint the most critical insights. Start your free trial at www.streamrg.co backslash PMC. That's S-T-R-E-A-M-R-G.co slash PMC. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft. Thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. Do me a quick favor. If you like what you hear at Planet Microcap, please take two seconds and give us five stars on Spotify or Apple. This helps us with the search engine so that more folks can also discover and engage with all things microcap stocks. Vegas is in the books. Our team and myself went well over 100% at full intensity And I'm not going to lie, I'm still recovering, but it was all worth it though. Last week, the Planet Microcap Showcase Vegas was a massive success, and this is thanks to all of your support. The feedback post-event has been incredible, and I'm already excited for 2024. As we announced last week, you don't have to wait for our next event in Vegas to come hang with us. We'll be back later this year in Vancouver. Introducing... The Planet Microcap Showcase Vancouver taking place at the Fairmont Waterfront on September 6th and 7th, 2023. More information to come, but for the time being, see you in Vancouver. My guest on the show today is Darren Chervitz, Portfolio Manager at Jacob Asset Management on the Discovery Fund Strategy. This was the last recording I did prior to the conference, and I'll be sharing the live podcast from Vegas next week. And in the last 12 to 18 months, I've noticed a few firms changing the name of their microcap strategy to the discovery fund or discovery strategy. And there's actually a bit more nuance to its reasoning that from a marketing perspective can actually be more inclusive. So Darren jumps on to discuss the strategy uh, name change, plus a full-on deep dive into microcaps, specifically how he thinks about trends and how that guides his investment process. Thank you again for tuning into the Planet Microcap podcast, and please enjoy my conversation with Darren Chervitz. Darren, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing, man? Uh, it's a pleasure, Bobby. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to do this. Talk, talk all things microcap. No, talk all things discovery. It's not discovery. microcap anymore. You know, it's the it's the discovery. That's right. We didn't make that that name change a couple of years ago. We can talk about that later if you want. We can talk about it now. What's up to you? Dig it. Tell me. I mean, I'm actually. I mean, I, I was. You know, I'm joking about it a little bit. Yeah. But like, I'm I'm curious because I I would I would I would love to know whether it's like because of like the microcap, like everything associated with it, which right. I, it, that that some of that stuff still exists for sure. Yeah, for sure, but it's like, got. It's, yeah. it, there's a negative connotation. Uh, with microcaps, I mean, it depends on what market you're in. Clearly, the one we're in now, there's a negative connotation. And who uh, with... you're talking to, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, and also, there's no specific Morningstar category for microcap. You know, yeah. I'm I'm in the small cap growth uh, category. There's no microcap specific investors. There are some 
you know, firms or investment advisors that may be looking for micro cap. But in general, it's it's not a thing, right? I mean, you know, it, it's again, it's got this kind of penny stock negative connotation with it. And uh, so it so it was a bit of marketing on our end in the fact that let's let's differentiate a little more. We also have a small cap growth fund. So it was another way to kind of create a, somewhat of a different strategy. But there's also a, a legitimate, more legitimate, I mean, there's, these are all legitimate reasons, but there's even a more legitimate reason, which one of the th- things that I think uh, is important, uh, the fund, the discovery fund, I kind of look at it, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, a little bit as like a public venture capital vehicle. And and so I'm, I'm starting very small. Uh, we're starting early. And I know I'm going to make mistakes, right? There's a lot of risk in these type of names. And uh, you know, I'm going to make decisions that that won't pan out. I want to make sure the decisions that do work out for me really work out. And I think, generally speaking, success begets success. You know, a company that's doing well, stock is rising. It often continues, you know, it, 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 until something steps in the way or gets in the way of the momentum, it, it can continue. So I didn't want to have to necessarily sell a name that's working and a name that I really like just because it goes past this sort of arbitrary market cap value, you know, whatever that is, you know, uh, we, we compare it to the, you know, Russell microcap growth index, which actually now is pretty high in terms of where you can be in market yeah. cap. But I look at it as kind of a billion where microcap stops really being microcap. Mm-hmm. I know there's been a lot of market cap in inflation over the years, but to me, that's, that's kind of a key level. And and our fund is still very much so a, a micro cap fund. I mean, if you look at again my peers in the small cap growth category, there's no one close to us. I mean, our our average market cap is is somewhere between 100 and 200 million. And again, next closest peer may be 500, 600 million. There's only a, a handful of below a billion. So we're still very small. But uh, I wanted to have that ability. Uh, to hold on to names that that do well, because again, in, in in a venture capital vehicle, which I'm not suggesting we are, but I, I kind of look at it a little bit like that. You're going to have mistakes, and you need your successes to overcome those mistakes and 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 do very well. And in my investing history, I've we've had names that have you know just done extraordinarily well, and and we ended up selling it at at perhaps too early of a point. So right, yeah, no, it makes all the sense in the world. I I I think it. it I think that makes more sense than like everything having associated with, and maybe I'm just being biased because you know I'm host microcap show and all this right, stuff, right, fan yeah. space, all that stuff. Sure, of course. You know, but but I but even beyond that, I think it makes more sense that that main reason why you're saying right there is like, you know, if you if you have a fund that's specifically just microcap and it's not more generalized like discovery where you still work within, you know, you're still looking at the same you know microcaps and stuff like that. But yeah. let's say you have you know even one two of them run past you know the the arbitrary three like we have it as 300 million market cap it's like what what would your rules say your rules would say oh you got to sell once it's beyond 300 million like and not let and not let that let that run and you know now reflect in the fund's performance like that just seems silly no it is silly and and remember every successful stock at one point was i mean it may not have been in the public markets but at one point it was a small company it was a market cap company right and you know, I, I, we'll probably talk about it at some unless point. you were a SPAC, you know, you were just automatically just, you know, just, that's <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, it's funny. I will talk about SPACs too, because, <laughs> you know, I, so much about the last, I mean, oh my God, the, these last three years have been just 
It's goofy, dude. Wild, dude. Yeah. They've been wild. As in, you know, I've been you've been doing this for, uh, you know, most of my professional life, uh, basically all of it. I mean, but this is the kind of wackiest five year period uh, I I can remember. And maybe it's three years, but it feels like five years. I don't know. And I've been through a dot com bubble burst. I've been through, you know, obviously the the oh eight, uh, you know, Great Recession. I mean, there those those were crazy. But this is just continuous, and it and every every day something new seems to kind of pop up as 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 something that you you haven't seen before, something a little bit unique. So um, anyway, it, it's a uh, but but the one thing that I have learned, one of the things that I've learned is that again, you can make a good decision and let that ride, and it can it can make your career, it can make your fortune. I mean, you know, we. Um, you know, I think maybe we might talk about this later about uh, Apple. Uh, we have a fund called the Jacob Internet Fund, which was launched uh, really at the tail end of the dot com, uh, the dot com boom. And in that fund, after the dot com bubble burst, we invested in Apple and it was trading at 25 cents. Um, it was trading at a four billion dollar market cap, 25 cents split adjusted at the time. It was 14 dollars, but split adjusted was 25 cents. And, you know, I don't know if you want to talk about that experience at all, but go, okay, yeah, this is, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Go. All right. So yeah, I know free, free, you know, free form discussion. Let's just, we're going, man. It's all All right. Uh, So anyway, so I, we invested in, in, in that company because I was a huge, I I had, I was a journalist uh, in my pre days and we can talk about that too. But uh, when I was a journalist, I would write often about Apple and Apple always, they the fans they had, it was, you never, you write a story about Apple, you were going to get deluged with customer emails. And if you said anything slightly negative about Apple, you were going to get reamed. I mean, they, they were the hardest fans to deal with uh, in, in the world. So I always had this kind of like somewhat negative feeling about the company because of that experience. But I, you know, I, I admired the products. And when the iPod came out, which was their music player, MP3 player, uh, I loved it. And I wasn't an Apple user. I didn't use since college. I really didn't use much Apple products, but this was a product. They they launched it for PCs. And so they opened up the ecosystem a little bit. And I love that product. And I thought it was a it was a game changer. And so I looked at the company. It was trading $4 billion market cap. They had $4 billion in cash on their balance sheet at the time. So it was basically a, uh, you know, a, a zero enterprise value um, at the time. So we invested a, a healthy amount in in the name and obviously you know the rest the the thing the problem is along the way we kept selling the name right it would get it was fourteen dollars it would get to thirty dollars and they'd launch an iPad I'm like what is this this I don't think this is gonna work I'd be skeptical we'd sell some stock they'd launch the iPhone and we'd think like oh my god this is uh you know I don't how are they gonna compete against the major players this looks so different We'd be skeptical and we'd sell more Apple. And and along the way, we just kept trimming, uh, you know, the, the position. And actually, you know, we sold more when Steve Jobs died. We sold our remaining shares and I was against it. I thought we should always hold a little bit of a Apple because it's a great story, a great success story. And kind of like, you know, how entrepreneurs like frame their first dollar up on the wall, you know, that they made. I kind of felt the same way about Apple. This is this is a this is a great story for our, for our firm. And but we sold it. Uh, just a couple of years ago. And, but if we had held on to our initial position of Apple, 
I mean, I don't, I don't, it keeps me up at night, those nightmares of, of what <laughs> the firm would have been. And, and so that's just, an, again, getting back to the point of if you got something that's working in microcap, which is a tough, tough environment to play in, there's a lot of crap. Sometimes I call it microcap. I admit it. And you got something that works. You got to, you know, you want to, you, you want to be very careful about when you sell. Without a doubt. No, that's an incredible anecdote. I mean, yeah, usually I always ask everybody their, uh, you know, a great uh, 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 investing experience that changed your career. And I think that's probably, there's a lot of folks that can relate to that one, right? Where they just like, really what? Like Apple's kind of a perfect example. By the way, are you still a shareholder in Apple? No, we, I told you we did. Yeah, 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 no, no. I I hate it. It's it's no longer happens. Yeah, no, I, I got it. But 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 uh, no, th- I think a lot of folks can relate to that because there's there's been a few in microcaps over the years that have been like kind of culty names that everyone's like like I mean I can use this one because th- we talked about it so much on the pod like Expel. Who would have thought this like you know film over the car yeah comp- like would would be what it is? I'm not a shareholder. Or dumb, <laughs> not either. But but, but yeah, no, another one we missed. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but 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 like. You know, it's stories like that that are just so um, emblematic of our space, right? Yeah. Just like you don't realize, oh, that's going to work. Okay. And yeah. you and you think to yourself, oh, that worked. Well, I can't. That, can't, that next inflection point that happens, that, that's another flash in the pan possibly, right? Right. Because you're so conditioned in microcap to think like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you're skeptical and for good reason, we've all been burned with our fingers on the stove and, you know, and thought we had something that, that didn't work out. And so, yeah, it, it's very natural. And I'm as a journal, former journalist, I'm naturally skeptical, too. Oh, so, sure. So the, uh, the, there was always this this you don't want to be piggish. You want to be thoughtful about, you know, valuation. But, you know, sometimes, you know, and I think a lot of people feel this way about like, this is not obviously microcap, but Tesla, a lot of people, I don't own Tesla. I don't, I never understood the valuation, but that's how people felt. They, they just believed in Musk. They believed in all these ancillary opportunities that the valuation was, it was going to find a way to grow yeah. into its valuation. So I think you were wanted to say something. So. Yeah. Dear, you know, the one, one observation I've had recently in talking with some management teams and, you know, I, we host due diligence series doing these long form interviews with management and, you know, obviously doing this, but one, one observation I've had of late is this idea of hunting for tailwinds. I don't know mm. if you, do you know what I mean by that? Like yeah. kind I mean, of find it's part of the justification of, you know, your pro for an idea, yeah. right? Catalyst, catalyst trends. trends. And that, that to me is, is kind of fascinating because I always ask every company, you know, value catalyst for the rest of the year, you know, um, what are some industry tailwinds that, you know, are, are looking favorably for you, you know, yeah. and I, and I like asking that question only because I like kind of hearing the various reason, obviously you want to hear that for the various reasons why for potential growth, but right. from, but it's, I don't know. I've been feeling like it's been grasping a little bit in, in certain ways. You know, I don't know if you've grasping had that for the, Grasping the companies are grasping to like tell you what, yeah. I, mean, I mean, they're they're all reasonable like tailwinds that I right. like any any logical person would be like okay, so, you know, <laughs> right. going, you know we're going more electrified EV, you know, just using that as an example. Yeah, but but then you're kind of like okay, well, is that is that truly the tailwind that's going to catapult your company, or is that just like kind of a general tailwind that may or may not actually have a positive effect on your company because you're so small or something. No, it, it's it's a interesting area to explore. I think trends and themes can. I I fall into this trap plenty of times where 
you know, you, you think something, um, is, you know, imminent, something, you know, important change in, in whatever is happening in a trend and, and you want to find a play there. And so you end up making an investment that that doesn't work out. Like cannabis is a great example of it. I, I we have a couple of cannabis names and I, I still really much believe in the long term uh, in that market. And, you know, I think there are going to be winners, right? There are going to be big brands. There are going to be big retailers. I think eventually it's going to be not universally uh, accepted and legal, there, it will be state based. But for the most part, I think uh, I think that trend is is going to continue at a pretty nice pace. But right now, there's so much turmoil in the market, and ultimately, weed is cannabis is a commodity, and so companies are really struggling uh, to make money off it. There are a lot of regulatory hurdles right now. The federal government is standing in the way. But the point is, you know, you can have the trend right. And your your jockey is wrong. You know, the, the horse you bet on is wrong. So I think trend and thematic investing, I do it because I do I do like to think about where the where the market is going, where the you know interesting things are happening. But you have to be careful. I mean, I, I'll I'll give you a great example. And this is a holding of ours, uh, is Isia. I don't I don't know how familiar you are with that name, oh, but yep. it's an, an influencer marketing company. And this was I, I started investing this probably eight, ten years. I don't even know. It's been way too long. Again, nightmares. Uh, but I was convinced that influencer marketing was going to be a huge, huge market trend development that that people, you know, consumption of media was being so fragmented and people were not, you know, they were cutting their cable cord. They were, uh, you know, going to all these they were dividing their time on media on all these different platforms and they were trusting these regular individuals to give them information about products and, and, and services that I, I, I just thought like, oh, I have to find a way to invest in. And Isia was one of the ways they were actually a, a pioneer in the space. They had a product called Paper Post, which really created the whole influencer marketing space to begin with. And, and so I, 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 I hopped on as an investment. I, you know, felt fairly good about the CEO, Ted Murphy. And, and I, you know, I was, you know, it hasn't worked out. Let me put it that way. I'm still an investor. I still have hope that they're going to figure things out, but they just weren't able to take advantage of, of what was a huge trend. And, you know, it, it is also interesting that question that you ask about catalysts and tailwinds gets, you know, conflated because investing is supposed to be a long-term process, right? We, we want companies we can hold for 10 years. Like who cares if, if they have a successful catalyst in six months of two years, some other technology completely, uh, you know, makes them obsolete you know so that's a it's a tricky question i do ask it i do pay attention to the answer you know we're graded every day certainly every quarter and so you 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 know it, it's a nature of the beast but um i i think you can get caught in that trap i think that's an interesting way to think about it actually and that that that's maybe something i might adjust when i do even ask that question on my end because you know, I mean, look, we're, you know, we're a news organization, right? So we're trying, you know, we want folks who, you know, to get a better understanding of how they should think about it at the current time. And also like, you know, you can even ask management teams and some of them might not know like what that tailwind could be into, into, I mean, it's easy on like, you know, EV stuff, right? Like, yeah, everything's going electrified, every, right. you know, net zero, all that stuff, you know, that's clearly a, you know, 10, 20 year trend that is, is, is clearly happening. I live in LA, like everybody's got a friggin' Tesla here, right. you know, or some kind of hybrid. Right. Um, not a shareholder, but, uh, <laughs> but, 
you know, but it's interesting in some of the, in some of these other like influencer market, you know, cause I don't know if that, cause also you have to think about too, is like, all right, is that a failure of the model or is that just, you know, maybe, maybe that tailwind doesn't really fit what they're actually trying to do. And they're just trying to pigeonhole what they're doing into this tailwind in order to maybe get a boost in stock price or something like that. In this particular case, it absolutely is a tailwind. It's just the bigger companies were able to accrue most of that value. Yeah. Right? There, there, there wasn't really this opportunity for a third party player to insert itself into the space. So Google, Facebook, they're even though, you know, they were able to basically create the technology and establish the relationships with these advertisers and reaching these individual influencers. Again, I thought it was going to be so fragmented that it, it was going to be tough for those big players to uh, to keep up and, and to make it happen. And so even though Isaiah has some very interesting relationships, some very good technology, they really, uh, you know, they just weren't able to to take advantage of it. So um, and it's not over. Like I said, I, I still I still think they have a shot at, at being a successful company. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, Isaiah, again, we talked about Apple being a, uh, a four billion dollar company with four billion dollars on its cash. Isaiah has 70 million of cash and a lower market cap. So, and they, you know, they, so all they have to do is show they can be self-sustaining business. And I think the stock will do well from here, but it, it's, it unfortunately hasn't pan out the way I'd hope. And I, I do, blame, I do put a fair amount of blame on, on, on management because I think uh, they haven't been shareholder friendly throughout the process. That's always fun. <laughs> oh yeah. And that's oh. very typical. I mean, you know, that's, it's that... ma- management is, is, is everything an investment, but it's certainly probably even more important with microcaps, I think. Absolutely. So I want to dig into some kind of, you know, uh, obviously, you, you you know, now now it's called the Discovery Fund. But I mean, you know, it, it's like we said at the top, it's been a weird three years. You know, how in your how have you been able to navigate the fund strategy and finding, you know, what that ideal investment is for the strategy? through these last, you know, three years, and especially the last 12 to 14 months where microcaps just been, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, it, it, it's a tough environment. It's, it's yeah. been super humbling. I mean, we, I, you know, I had a five-year run from 2017 to 21 that, that was very good. You know, it was top, you know, it was top of the category. Um, I had a, uh, a feature in, in the Wall Street Journal on, in, uh, for the uh, after the 2021 year, uh, where I think we were up 70 percent after uh, an, another big year, and it was all very, you know, exciting. Uh, it's certainly surprising given that COVID happened. You know, I thought, oh my God, we're, we might go out of business. I mean, like, you know, that 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 period of time, like I, like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, this 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 what's happened last three years, I don't think you could have predicted, and it's certainly just a wild time. And and I knew things were getting goofy right with the market i mean you saw with meme stocks you saw with you know gamestop and wall street bets and you saw with crypto and nfts i mean i was just seeing capital misallocated in ways that was very reminiscent of the dot-com bubble and and bust which we went through as a company and our you know again our main product jacob internet fund certainly went through those that roller coaster and and so i i was i was leery you know i was i had like I would tell our, my our board every time, like this is, you know, I know things are going great now. I'm just, I'm, I feel uncomfortable, you know. And so, like, I thought I was trying to position the fund in ways that that would hopefully minimize some of 
uh, what I considered, you know, to be a, a little bit risky of a period. And it, and it honestly, it just, it, it didn't pan out like I was hoping, you know, and, and some of that was, uh, you know, names that I thought might be somewhat resistant to a overall downturn or a risk off environment uh, ended up not being as, as give, offering as much protection as I thought. Some of it was, you know, I had periods where I had a, a fair amount of cash, which is not something I normally do. That that's that I consider, you know, people invest in discovery fund. They want to be invested in microcap and and growth names. They don't want to be in cash. So I, I I don't often do that. But I had a fair amount of cash. But then you get a redemption, right? People get nervous. They take their money out. Now I have to raise cash. I have to I have to you know sell stock to to meet that redemption uh, because you know I had cash, but not that much cash. And so now you're selling stock and names that are liquid. Right. Names that, you know, often don't trade more than sometimes 50,000 shares a day. And, and so it's that can exacerbate the issue you're going through. So this again, this this last 12, 14, I think even 18 months really has been humbling for sure. And and uh, it, it hasn't necessarily changed the process so much. You know, I think you still got to think long term. You still got to go with the me- methodology and process that you believe in. Um, I think that's important to not change just just based on the on the current day to day but you know i certainly have one thing i've done for instance is i've invested in very few new names over the past 12 to 14 months i'm sticking with the names i know the, the managers i know uh, you know the 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 concepts the the business models i know and being very careful about stepping in into new names uh you know i think there will be an opportunity to go look for new names after the dot com bust there was a a bunch of names that were trading under the cash they had on balance sheet, business models that still had, I thought, promise. And, and we invested in a bunch of them and ended up panning out. I think we'll get there. I don't think we're done. I really don't. I don't think I don't think we're, we've seen the, the bottom here. Um, just to be you know completely upfront, you know, we did a project. You mentioned SPACs. We did a project a, f- a few months ago looking at some of these broken SPACs. There's so many. And which for me was exciting a little bit. You know, so I'm, many. I. I think of my the fund as a kind of a, a venture capital vehicle. And here are these companies that are coming to the public markets way before they should, right? I mean, these are basically venture opportunities in, in the skin of a of a public vehicle. And so I thought, okay, let's let's take a look. And again, I, I couldn't find anything that really excited. I mean, there was so much junk that came to the market during that period. And and so um, like I said, I, I think uh before long, hopefully, we'll get to that point where uh, I'll feel better that the worst is over and, and uh, you know, blue, bluer skies ahead, but I'm I'm still relatively cautious. Absolutely. And, and listen, you're not alone, right? There's, I've talked to managers every day. In fact, that, that, that interesting point that you said about cash, like I was just talking to a guy who's coming to Vegas the other day. He was like, dude, I, there's been time I've been 95% cash because, yeah. you know, you just don't know. And also yeah. just like, you know, they look at money market accounts too. They're just like, all right, like, do I get 4%, you know? get 4% right now? Or do right. I just, do I, do I gamble on, you know, this hoople head that might uh, say something silly? Yeah. No, not, I think if you're, if you're an, if you're an individual investor, for sure, there are times where you just sit on the sideline, take your bat away and you wait for a, you know, a better pitch to swing at. Now, again, it's very tough as a, as a institutional fund manager to make that kind of call because that's a huge call. If you're saying I'm going 95% cash, when people like I said, people can withdraw their money at any time from my they can and they do. They take it out yeah. when they when they want. And and that's their prerogative. If they're in the fund, I expect that they believe those funds should be invested 
in what I say I'm going to invest in, which is microcap uh, growth stock. So, uh, you know, I, I think if I'm right, they'll appreciate, you know, the caution and the cash. But if I'm wrong, you know, that that's that's existential career risk, you know, oh, so for sure. So well, I mean, it, another thing that's been coming up a lot more recently is, um, you know, especially amongst my microcap fund managers, because, you know, you even mentioned it yourself, like sometimes you're you're betting on the business. It might be extremely liquid. It's probably high insider ownership. It barely trades, you know, but it's a good business. So I don't care. I'll, you know, I'll size into the position, whatever. Um, but then you have times like this where it's just extremely difficult, you know, because you might have a redemption or something to get out because maybe it might not be the highest conviction name. So you're like, all right, I'll get rid of this one to get back, whatever. But I've heard in speaking with some fund managers recently, liquidity has become a lot more important, um, it, like a lot more important um, than it seems like even in, in recent years. I don't know yeah. if you've been feeling the same thing, but I mean, that, it's, it's been interesting to see. Like again, getting a little bit back to the name change, microcap is an orphan space now. I mean, there are very few managers focused on it. It's it's a lot of retail that, that's in it, and retail has been burned uh, unbelievably so in the past, you know, two years. So they they generally, um, you know, aren't as engaged as as they should be. Now again, that that if you have a long term focus, that's great. It opens up opportunity. And you're willing and able to hold, but it, you know you're in an environment where if you get a redemption, you have to you have to find money to pay off that redemption. You know they they're going to get their money one way or the other. So if you're in a name where it's very tricky to get out of, then um, you know you're you're caught in a bind because you'll make the situation a, a lot worse. And and that that's I I don't usually have fifteen percent cash or twenty percent cash, which I had sometimes during you know those periods where I was really concerned about the market, but. I, I like to have at least 5% cash because, um, you know, again, because of where I'm in, the, the, the micro cap space, liquidity is important. And being able to get out of the names is is trickier than if you're in Apples and Teslas of the world. You All right, sell it. But uh, for, for me, it can, it can be tricky. And sometimes I make decisions of when I sell based on liquidity, which is not ideal, right? I want to make selling decisions based on my investment thesis failing or other reasons. And, and you know, if, if if someone, if I need to raise money to meet a redemption and I need to, you know, I, I want to sell, like you said, the names I have less conviction in versus the names that just trade easier, right? That, that, that should be my fundamental, uh, you know, go-to strategy. And sometimes you, you can't do it. So I like to have some cash on the side to meet those redemptions. Liquidity is important. I think you're right. It's probably more important. In general, my rule of thumb has been not to invest in names which have uh, a market cap less than the size of the fund, which today is is you know somewhere in the mid twenties, higher upper twenties uh, range. So I wouldn't invest in anything smaller than that today. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, dude, that's the hard. I, that to me is the hardest. Like even even more difficult than raising capital. You know, yeah. which is definitely a whole other set of worms. So let's just put that to the side. But just, yeah. you know, in doing the job as a fund manager, that what you've talked about is, in my opinion, the most difficult part. It's not even finding the the, the best names because like, you you know, that's why, that's why you're doing this, right? Is because right. you have you confidence in yourself. <laughs> yeah, you think you're a good picker. So like, some days okay. you have more confidence, some days you have less confidence. Sure. But yeah, you, 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 you definitely... But in terms you, of the can, mechanics of, yeah. of, you know, when you're, you know, you have outside capital coming in and it's not just your own money that you're playing with like that yeah. just makes things. So, oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tricky. <sighs> and that's why I say, if you're, if you're an individual investor, retail, you, who cares about liquidity? I mean, unless you 
for whatever reason, you know, or that wealthy that, that you're that the size you have in a name matters. But for the most part, it's, you know, even in the most liquid names, it's pretty easy to get out of a, of a name as an individual. But when you're talking about a decent sized position, unfortunately, it, it is a consideration. Mm-hmm. No yeah. doubt. No, let's also, I mean, look, it's called the Discovery Growth Fund. You know, you're looking at growth, you know, microcap growth stocks. Let's talk about some growth sectors recently that, I mean, you already kind of mentioned, you know, what what's going on in cannabis. You know, I know we were talking offline about, you know, even a crypto investment that you got out at the right time, or at, at least before all the, sh- all the shit hit yeah. the fan. You yeah. know, I, so. I, I would say we got, we, so Voyager Digital was yeah. the, the name that we were kind of discussing, which was a name that really propelled uh, was one of the big propellers of our performance in 2021. And, you know, we invested in, I think it was late 20 was trading up uh, well under a dollar 80 cents. And it was, it went up. I don't forget where it got as high over 30 for sure. Um, and, you know, so that all of a sudden becomes a huge position of the fund, right? You get, you, you, you know, we, we like to start small and a lot of our positions, you know, we're, we feel comfortable with the name, but we haven't maybe com- totally completed our due diligence. We want to let things simmer a little bit. We want to get to know management better. We want to understand the market. So sometimes we'll take token positions or small positions in a name. We call them a kind of our bench uh, in in the portfolio. We have a bench, and then we have core, and then we have kind of the stars that are names that we feel most comfortable with. It's kind of how we divide it. And so, you know, sometimes you have those bench names and all of a sudden they they, they go up 10 times and it's, it's now a, a, one of your major positions. And so you have to decide whether, you know, it, it continues to be something you, you want to be heavily invested in or not. Fortunately, I think, uh, you know, we did make money in that name, despite the fact that obviously everything that happened after ended up being, uh, you know, going bad for crypto and specifically for Voyager, which to us was a little bit of a surprise. You know, again, this gets to the point of management, which is hugely important and yet very difficult to trust your evaluation. I think, again, my journalist background has helped in that regard. I, I I tend to think I ask good questions. I have this kind of natural skepticism. I think I can read people pretty well. Uh, but there are times where you get hoodwinked. And and this was a case the the CEO of this company was uh, had a pretty good track record. He, he was a high up at E-Trade, you know, very much I should have been very heavily in tune to risk uh risk the riskiness and the compliance aspect of of his operation and he just he wasn't i mean obviously you know he engaged in some loans with three arrows which ended up blowing up and it it blew up his his company and so that was that was a a bit of a shock and uh but yeah cryptocurrency you know it's something that i feel very conflicted about uh i i don't know you know some crypto but nothing huge uh but i believe in i in, in some aspects of the story for sure you know, I, you know, you look at how, you know, what the government I think is doing to, um, you know, the dollar uh, and with all the debt. And you, and I think there are some technological uh, innovations hidden within crypto, which I think will be taken advantage of. But there, it, it just, it needs regulation. It needs to, um, you know, f- find a way to operate within the system. It, you know, I know a lot of the appeal of crypto is it's not in the system. And so it can't be uh managed or regulated or controlled but um you, you see what happens when it's a, the wild west just scams on a on a daily basis really bad risk decisions and and ultimately for the technology i think to get widely adopted it, it there needs to be a higher level of regulation 
Oh, without a doubt. And look, I, you know, I've, I've been, I actually feel the exact same way as you when it comes to it. Like I feel very conflicted in uh, one, one, like I, I, we, we host another show on our network called the decade bounce experience that's hosted by Caitlin cook. And she does a phenomenal job of, you know, talking with folks and really kind of digging deeper, trying to be, be that bridge between, you know, traditional fine. What was the name of that? That I didn't hear. Check, check it out. It's called the, the dead Kate bounce experience. Uh, it's hosted by Caitlin cook. She's she's, we've had some really incredible people on the show and the, but the, and I will say the number one thing that gets talked about the most on there, even within, you know, cause she's talking to mostly crypto native folks that are like really, you know, entrenched in the space is regulation yeah. on it. Right. I, I yeah. mean that, that at the end of the day is the, you know, just one way or the other. Right. <laughs> right. Clarity. clarity. Just something that yeah. will help all of us better understand, like, okay, well, how do we understand? Because especially from the microcap perspective, like, you know, I talk I, I joke with her all up with her about it all the time. Cause like, you know, there's so many, there's there's still quite a few um publicly traded crypto names that are, you know, microcaps. A lot of miners, and, Bitcoin miners. And I just don't know how to think about them yeah. anymore. You know, it and it and that's not to say that's not to say what they're, you know, they don't have legitimate businesses or not. Like they seemingly do right publicly traded right. supposed to have transparency all that kind of stuff where you know companies like ftx didn't and <laughs> it, it's still it but it, it's still there's just so much stink and i feel like yeah. that that stink has been around you know some up all, all of these growth sectors right now just i mean yeah sure you could say because we're in a risk-off environment there's a lot of uncertainty and everything like that but i think even if we weren't in a risk-off environment there would still be the stink I mean, of crypto in particular, crypt, crypt, yeah. crypto, and then you know, within all these growth sectors, you know, yeah, I mean, crypto uh, and cannabis, psychedelics. I mean, yeah, yeah, and you have, uh, you know, uh, gene therapy. I think is another uh, interesting kind of. I, I think I feel more confident about that uh, making. It I, I don't. I don't. I don't ever like saying there's stink around biotech, only just right. because like. That those that that industry won't ever go away because we need we need that industry like that's right. uh, my my whole take I mean again this isn't like go now buy a basket of like biotech microcaps please don't do your own due diligence or anything you know but but at the end of the day that's something that you know we we need that type of competition in order to advance us as a human race to solve you know but it, it has a stink it has a stink because right there now, are aspects for sure yeah capital is so hard to come by and and biotech. Well, that's, that's the fuel thing, yeah. it needs. I mean, it yeah. needs it. It needs that to drug development is is such a tricky business, and it's costly, and it, it's just fraught with risk. And and so right now, if companies can't raise money, they're they might yeah. have the best best technology in the world, but it's not going to make it to the market, and that's that's a loss for society. But you know, again, that's that when interest rates rise, when you know you're 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 trying to value these companies on far off profits, and 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 people aren't interested in, in looking 10 years down the road, you know, this is what you get. And it's the same with crypto. It's the same with biotech. It's the same with any, you know, longer term trend that may be very interesting, but uh, investors are more focused on the here and now, which, you know, is what you got. I mean, with crypto, it's, you know, I, I did when we were going through it, I really did make a lot of comparisons between the dot-com bubble and, and burst. I thought there were, the similarities were, uh, you know, in, incredibly salient in my opinion but the, the the one difference that i had is i was convinced the internet was going to change life as we knew it in business yep. and social and in you know personal interaction i mean a, any way you could think of entertainment consumption i i could very clearly see how the internet was going uh, to make a difference crypto i think is a tougher sell you know here we are 
I want to say when was Bitcoin? 12 years. Yeah, 12, 12, years, you know, 12, 13, 14 years. Yeah. And right now it's still primarily a vehicle for speculation and criminal activity. That's just the truth. You know, so where, I, you know, the store of value argument is finally kind of coming to fruition here. I mean, this was the first year, first month where you saw Bitcoin move up because I think of concerns about the overall system, which I think is, is you know, if you're going to make a, a compelling case for Bitcoin in particular as a crypto, that's the case you want to make. And 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 so it kind of did work uh, on that level. But, uh, you know, the use cases, I think, still have yet to really uh, come to fruition. And I think so. It's, it's very tough. How do you how do you value? Yeah. How do you? No, value and that, that's actually the main thing Caitlin and I go back and forth on, because I, I, we all, I think, are in a general agreement that there there is value somewhere to be found within what we've experienced for the last 14 years with crypto and blockchain technology, there's something, you know, and, but it's just not at the same level. I think that everybody agrees that like how the internet changed our lives. Like, right. yeah, there might be aspects of it that will change our lives in some way. We're just, it's still very confusing as to what exactly that is. And sure. We've done some interviews where, you know, we've talked about how, you know, crypto has been very revolutionary and, and, other parts of the world, third world countries, and how there's, you know, that it's been very helpful and free flow, you know. That, that is another solid case for, for and that, that and That's a legit solid use case right there. The part that I then get wrapped up in is like, all right, well, why is it Bitcoin? You know, like what's, like, could it be something else? Why, why is, why was why, it gold, right? I, mean, I like, know, well, but still, I don't I know. I mean, big, big, I 100% agree. Like it, it's, you know, Almost it, so many financial assets, so many asset classes are the valuation is based on psychology, confidence, and no more true story than, than crypto. I mean, obviously, that's a that's a big underlying reason. How else are you valuing this this asset other than other people will use it? <laughs> I mean, like that's that to me is ultimately what it comes down to. So it's it's very susceptible to fluctuations in people's confidence. And so why is it Bitcoin? Well, because Bitcoin was first. It was actually kind of cleverly designed, very cleverly designed, doesn't work as a transaction mechanism because of, of, of you know, the technical limitations, but it, 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 it does appeal on its fungibility, on its decentralized nature. There's lots of uh, appealing aspects of it, but mostly it's lasted. At some point, the fact that it's here, it's trading at 28, whatever thousand, when if you told me all the things that were going to happen in the crypto space over the last 12, 20, and I would have thought Bitcoin would have been 4,000, maybe, you know, that's legit. And, and this is someone who, you know, has not bought as much as I like, but the fact that it, that it's been, it's been able to survive a, a tumultuous time within crypto suggests it has some underlying value. Now that could disappear and people could say, of course it did, because what, what is Bitcoin, but zeros and ones. But, um, you know, I, I think it's at some point longevity does matter. It's why gold is, is, is looked at as, as a store of value it's under threat by bitcoin but it's still looked at as as a store of value so anyway for sure damn dude we can jam on so many of this so many things right now i mean I it's I, fun I, these conversations are fun and i really do enjoy kind of talking the business and i don't know uh 100 well uh, you know we're getting we're getting to the end here so i wanted to kind of close out on uh you know we're still within the craziness yeah the last three years have been crazy it ain't it ain't slowing down it might not slow down for the rest of our careers, man. It might. The craziness. Yeah. I think the craziness. I, please. 
I need a, I need a, a break. I don't know. You, you don't think this, it does seem like the what, cycle. I mean, how would you define the craziness, right? Like what, 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 what does like a, not a, like not crazy time look like, you know, is that, I just don't know, like, maybe like a day you know? where you don't feel like the world's going to collapse. Well, or, other than you know, that, <laughs> yeah, I, that's just, Hey, that's just our own, our own, uh, you know, me- that's just our own mental state being, uh, you know, tribesmen here. I you know? guess, like, I don't know. I think, I think it's the news flow, man. I mean, that, and you again we had a we had a pandemic yeah. <laughs> a massive worldwide pandemic that uh that you know again you can talk about all the ways we've been uh you know we've had to adjust our day-to-day lives because of that and you know in the good some good a lot of bad mm-hmm. um and then we've had you know what came from that which was a tr- you know an unprecedented amount of of stimulus that you know uh created a, a lot of this speculative speculative frenzy that I, I was discussing. And then you have this retrenchment and, and now you have, you know um, you know, massive financial institutions uh, you know, going under, you know, and, and like I said, like, I don't know, it just feels like from a geopolitical standpoint uh, from, you know, the, the, the macroeconomic standpoint, it, it does seem like, like, um, there's a, just a tremendous amount of volatility now. And, and it doesn't seem like you're right. I don't see the, I don't see the let up. I think it will happen at some point. There'll, there'll be some level of calm. I hope uh, it's, it's very, um, it's very difficult to operate a, in this type of world for sure. Because again, you want to keep your eye on the prize. You want to think long-term, but when you have all this day-to-day volatility and, 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 you know, the news flow being uh, just, you know, almost you couldn't script, this this type of of activity uh it, it becomes very difficult to decide you know where to best allocate uh your capital and um so i'm hoping it slows down at, at some point but i think you you do make a good point like the cycles seem to be speeding up you know we had dot com 09 2000 we had the great recession 08 here we are you know 15 years later going through what could be another very perilous time and um and that seems like a little bit of you know the pace of of humanity how 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 it's evolving and maybe it it isn't a hamster wheel you can get off it's just it is what it is but i don't know i don't think that that uh portends well for for humanity i don't want to end it on that note though (laughs) yeah let's 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 end it on a positive you know i mean what for you you know in in now either searching or you know looking to maybe allocate to names that you know well, you know, what are some of the things you're looking for to manage through these weird times? I guess we'll call it, we'll call it weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to what I said in terms of management is very important. You know, it, you, you want to find, you know, I, I think some of them, the people that I respect, you know, the most in, in the, um, in the industry, like a Buffett, like a Peter Lynch, they, they've said like, you want to, I think Peter Lynch said what he said, like, you know, uh, in, invest in a company that can be run by an idiot because one day it will be run by an idiot, you know, and, and that's very true. And, you know, Buffett has said similar things about, I want, I want to get good businesses, you know, that could be run by bad managers. That's fine. Uh, the, what, what good managers can do is, is look in the future, be able to pivot better, listen to people around them that are talented and adjust to, um, you know, what what's coming ahead and they see the future in i think ways that are are meaningful in terms of adding alpha so you know that that's important to me that's i remain focused on that 
you know, there, there are a lot of, again, interesting trends and technologies that I think, uh, you know, the pace of innovation, just as the pace of some of the negative things that we're talking about that are happening in the world, the pace of innovation isn't slowing down either. So there are things that, you know, I'm amazed at every day, AI being obviously the latest, you know, kind of hype cycle um, that, you know, people are are focused on. And, and then I, I, you know, try and think about how that's going to affect my portfolio names positive and negatively. And, and so, you know, you just got to, uh, I'm the best thing about my job by far is, is learning. And, you know, I think it's an important factor in being a successful investor is, is, is loving to learn and loving to read and, 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 you know, challenging your, your beliefs. And I, I think it's important. And that to me, you know, just is, remains, you know, the vast majority of my day-to-day existence is, is, you know, I think in any environment, even some of these negative ones that we can paint, there are still going to be successful companies that get created, start, built, and eventually become that, that next Apple. And that's, that's my goal every morning is to try and find that next one. So. Dude. Darren, I think that that is, I, I feel I feel much better about everything after that. You know, so so close this out, man. Where can our audience go and find more information on you to get in touch with you, as well as Jacob Asset Management? So the best place is probably uh, JacobMutualFunds.com is our website. We have a Twitter handle Jacob Funds at Jacob Funds. I'm on Twitter D Shervitz, uh, but our lawyers for whatever reason have been very constrictive about what we can say on the social media side. So we're pretty quiet, especially for a company that prides itself on, on being, you know, technology focused and, and capable. So, uh, honestly, the best way is, is reach out to us, uh, via the website, you know, check out our sec filings. We have a new, uh, active ETF called the Jacob Ford fund, JFWD. You can find that on any uh, major trading platform that's out there. And so, those are some of the best ways. Perfect. Awesome. Darren, th- thank you so much for joining me here today. I really do appreciate it. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast podcast.